This episode contains discussion of animal mutilation. Viewer discretion is advised. Chelsea, what do you got for us? I got some good stuff. I took a look at paranormal versus terrestrial for Bigfoot. And what we have been looking at in our last episodes has been a cryptozoology, well, natural standpoint. And that's of zoology is the key part here. Zoology, yeah. In, in that it's an animal. So it needs yeah. to be zoological in nature. Yeah, we've looked at Bigfoot being natural. The official cryptozoology terminology refers to the study of animals whose existence or survival is disputed or unsubstantiated. However, there is a debate amongst researchers, not just... Bigfoot, but also UFO when it comes to not only UFO, but any of these communities within them. Uh, They're highly compartmentalized. They are very highly compartmentalized. And within Bigfoot, Wildman specifically is what we're looking at. Squatchers. Um, yeah. <laughs> Squatchers are their own thing. They, there's a high level of fighting amongst them. There's in-group. Yeah, there, uh, there's a these type of Bigfoot, natural Bigfoot, and paranormal Bigfoot. I like the weird stuff, personally. I think that to specifically look at something, you need to encompass everything. Because if you're seeing something that you can't explain and you're excluding it, you're not really studying it. They're trying to make it fit into something that's essentially, I guess, going to be make it taken more seriously. Uh, yeah, accepted by science. Yeah. I think that is a big way to describe so it. So obviously, I really, when we were talking about doing this weird one, I'm so excited to talk about this. Obviously, they don't fit into a nice little box of this is an animal and it's waiting to be discovered. I have specifically left the weird things out until this episode. Uh, they're really hard to come by, actually. If you're specifically searching weird Bigfoot sightings, they're very hard to come by. A lot of people within the community do not get along and do not mix, as if people didn't debate wild men enough existing. This certainly adds a different dynamic to it. John Green, who is local to Harrison Hot Springs, actually has a quote that I think summarizes it all. He's for the natural Bigfoot, obviously. most, Which is interesting because yeah. when we were talking about the Harrison Hot Springs mm -hmm. description and it really being like, oh, they won't let you see them if you're Caucasian because really mm -hmm. you're not one with nature. That is a First Nations I guess, yeah. And they're more than... But it does it, really yeah. seem like the approach is. Yes. It is a supernatural being of some kind. Yeah. And you're going to see that a lot with what you see. First, in First Nations, Nations yeah. mostly, yeah. So John Green's quote here is, If Bigfoot has been seen near UFOs, I would prefer to consider it a coincidence or to assume that the occupants of the UFO were just looking at the Sasquatch or vice versa. They're interested quote. too. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying to get their They're evidence. also trying to yeah. prove that he needs protection. We, we, we declared the humans exist. Now the Bigfoot. Yeah. They're also looking for him. The BFRO, which is Bigfoot Field Research Organization, is notorious for throwing out any yeah. accounts, including anything with high strangeness. And by the way, if you do see a Bigfoot, if it does meet the parameters of a classical Bigfoot sighting, this is where you should report it. BFRO does take that, and they yeah. do have a very, a, a, I would call it a robust catalog. You can actually go on their website, and they have a map of all the reported Bigfoot sightings that they have in North yeah. America. It's it's a lot of fun to look at. Yeah, it is. Or you can email us if you have any high strangeness. Bigfoot. I would love to talk to somebody yeah. about a lot of this. 
Journey to the fringe at gmail.com. So all the sightings below were very hard to find because most of them are omitted by researchers or because they don't fit a certain standard that they're looking for or trying to fit it into. And specifically because they don't make any sense by natural means. Well, and these ones, when they get weirder than I saw Bigfoot, it is kind of easy to write it off as, no, this is a crazy Oh, these are so good. These are crazy. These are good. They're awesome. So I I get where they're coming from when they say, I only want to study this portion of it because I want to find I find these ones are easier to come by once you start looking for them, but it really takes a lot to to find it. First, I want to give a huge shout out to an awesome book that I find, and I'm highly going to recommend it to take a look at it if you're intrigued at all by some of the sightings I have in this episode. It's about Bigfoot and High Strangeness. It's called Where the Footprints End, High Strangeness and the Bigfoot Phenomenon. It's by Joshua Kitchen and Timothy Renner. And there's two volumes of those. Bigfoot sightings actually go hand in hand with areas of high strangeness, with higher UFO activity and other cryptid sightings even, where you see states and provinces or anywhere in the world where you have higher UFO sightings, you're going to have higher Bigfoot sightings as well. One of the more well-known examples I can give is Skimwalker Ranch, where there's a high amount of paranormal there's happenings. yeah. High UFO happenings, including including poltergeist, Bigfoot, UFO, Portals. you name it, cryptids, poltergeist uh, everything activity. is yeah. happening there. UFO sightings and Bigfoot sightings are surprisingly coincide together, which happen quite commonly. And I was able to find some sightings going all the way back to 1888, actually. With UFOs involved? Uh, I do have a brief summary of this one. It's more of a... I would actually be curious if it's an airship that they see at that point. because This one, I do have it. It's more just someone telling a story. It's a cattleman described an encounter with friendly Native Americans in Humboldt County, California. They led him to a cave where he saw a hefty humanoid creature covered in long black hair with no neck sitting cross-legged. Crisscross applesauce. One of the Native Americans told him three crazy bears had been cast out of a small moon that dropped from the sky and landed, and the moon ascended back into the air. Huh. So that's the first one. It's an encounter shared with a cattleman, 1888. And it, it predates the idea of a cowboy. Does it? Well, it's a cattleman, not a cowboy. <laughs> I guess it depends who's telling the story. Which came first, the cattleman or I the guess. cowboy? <laughs> so I have another one that's investigated under Project Blue Book. Really? So, Presque Isle State Park in Erie, Pennsylvania, July 31st, 1966. Four tourists from New York had gotten their cars stuck in the sand. One member of the group left to call a tow truck. And around 10 p.m., police on patrol stopped to ask if they were all right. And they were told help was on the way. The guy left to call a tow truck. So police said they'll be back. Upon their return 35 minutes later, this is the police. The group said they witnessed something weird going on up there, referring to the sky above the forest. One of the group members left with the two police officers, and the two women left in the group remained behind in the car. So this is Betty Clem and Anita Halefee. The men got about 300 yards away when they heard the car horn, and upon their return, the ladies said they witnessed a dull black shape bigger than man, big head and shoulders, arm-like appendages, no hands, no face visible, as though it had its back turned appear in front of the car before it lumbered into the bushes when the horn blew. Investigators said it was a raccoon. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I always love when investigators are like, that was Venus. That was a raccoon. Yeah. You ha- a you obviously have no idea what you're looking at. It was at. a raccoon You've on Jupiter. You've never Don't you know seen these a raccoon <laughs> before in your life. That's what that was. City slickers. Yeah. <laughs> So the UFO was sighted in conjunction, was described as an angular craft emitting red and orange lights before descending down the beach where it radiated a beam of white light that tracked something into the woods, taking off shortly after the woman had their encounter with the creature. The two police officers patrolling the area indicated they noticed the presence of two unusual triangle marks in the area coinciding with the craft's landing zone and stated, I have no reasonable explanation of the UFO. So that's sighting. That was with Project Blue Book. Do you know what Project Blue Book... Sorry, they said it was identified and it was a raccoon. But I guess they didn't necessarily say what the UFO was. They didn't say that. The two officers only had that, and I don't have the official findings of it. My guess would be insufficient data Probably what they were describing in the sky. Because if it's just, we've talked about this several times now. Yeah. If it's far enough away, you just say, I don't know. Nobody knows it's too far away. Insufficient data. There we go. And then there's a raccoon. Come on. Yeah. Case closed. It could have been a raccoon in the sky. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) They've been stealing fireworks lately. You throw it high enough. So, yet another one, October 25th, 1973. I'm sorry, this is Project Blue Book. Is, no, sorry, no, that's this after is, Project No, Blue this Blue. is yeah. totally different sighting. After this one? Yeah, that was 1966. Now we're jumping ahead. 1973, a group of farmers in Fayette County, Pennsylvania, caught a sighting of a dome-shaped UFO that was brightly lit, about 100 feet in diameter. They drove toward and saw a pair of gargantuan creatures covered in thick matted hair, luminescent green eyes, and long arms that dangled below their knees. One of them fired a gun at the creature, and one raised its right hand in the air. The UFO disappeared at that moment, and the two Bigfoots escaped into the woods. Yet another. They didn't shoot at the Bigfoot. They shot in the air. I guess as long as you're shooting a gun is fine. Okay. <laughs> they must have known they were peaceful. No, no, um, no. Sorry. If you know they're peaceful, you probably shoot at you them You shoot harder. at them. Yeah. If you know they're aggressive, you shoot up and just scare them True. Off. That's a very good point. Yet another. A group of young boys in Trafford, Pennsylvania witnessed a white light January 10th, 1980. They also report a tall creature covered in reddish brown fur, red glowing eyes, smelling sulfurous. Not the eyes. They smell sulfur. Not coming from the eyes. Okay. Just gonna So those are two different things. They're not yeah. sulfurous red eyes. They're not sulfurous red eyes. Okay. That would I really just that, make that a I demon, said that weird, yeah. so I wanted okay. to make sure you knew it wasn't the eyes. They watch the creature retreat into the woods where they hear branches breaking. It then proceeded to throw rocks from the woods. So, (laughs) this one, there's no actual UFO on this one. I just want to point that out. It's just a white light is spotted. Yeah. And then they see a creature retreat into the woods. One more on this. A dairy farmer, William Bozak, was returning from a co-op meeting 10.30 p.m. December 9th, 1974, Fredericks, Wisconsin. Had a near miss with a globular UFO in the road in front of him. And the bottom was enshrouded in fog. Inside the transparent dome was a seven-foot-tall ape-like creature with reddish-brown fur covering his body, except his face, distinctive pointed ears, and he appeared to be operating the control panel. Yes. And suddenly disappeared before his eyes. I like that one. I I would... Sorry, what year was that? That was Was 1974. Oh, I was really hoping the Italians were hot on his tail, (laughs) but they're not. (laughs) 
Here not. What what year would it be for the Italians? I think the Italians were sixty four. What do you mean the Italians? The Italians were cooking pancakes. Oh right, because that's in Wisconsin too. <laughs> oh yeah, huh. Wisconsin. What a place. So I like that one. That is so, fantastic. I know. That's a good one. Uh, what I wouldn't give for a sighting like that. You know what? I don't even know if I could take a sighting like that. I couldn't tell anybody about that. <sighs> you know I what? I would. I I'm very... Anyone who knows me knows that I would gladly be sharing a sighting like that. However... Can you imagine having a sighting like that and trying to reconcile it within yourself? What the hell you, you just a, saw? No, can you imagine if you made eye contact <laughs> no. with the Bigfoot and he just awkwardly looked at you? And like he know, no, he knows he's not supposed to be there. You know he's not supposed to be there. This is weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, at that point, I don't think I could tell anybody. I, I might be able to tell them I saw a operating a UFO, but not that we made really awkward eye contact and he really That's the part awkward. you wouldn't be able to tell. It would be like if you came home and your yeah. dog had like got into the garbage. Do you think it would be that kind of look like he knew he did something wrong? See, no, just like... I know I'm not supposed to be here. You know I'm not supposed to be here. I'm still this here. This is weird. Yeah. I can't. I not know be generally here. you don't see Bigfoots doing this, but the guy fell asleep. He needed a break. I needed to operate this <laughs> for him. He drank too much. I don't know. Okay. So those are my UFO and Bigfoot. Now that I kind of got the UFO out of the way and shared some UFO Bigfoot things, I also wanted to share some things that Bigfoot does that are more paranormal in nature and kind of give some sighting examples of each of those and some encounters to go along with each of those. Things like self-illuminated eyes known as eye glow. And this presents as a few things in sightings so these are different from eye shine okay i was just gonna ask you that because mm -hmm. if you shine a light on a deer you're gonna get lights back and that yeah. is that is the opposite than a moose and i do know that because i have hit a moose with my yeah. car and you do not see their eyes yeah there are many things these are nocturnal animals will give eye shine so that's if there's a light present it's mostly in nocturnal animals that are awake at night they can present as yellow red i believe there's green white deer bears so i'm talking about eye glow and there is nothing present on any species on earth that actually has glowing eyes well and that's the big without thing is light you're present. shining a light on them on eye shine and yeah. it's reflecting back and that is what you see with deer yeah what you're talking about here is there is no presence of light and you are still yes. seeing something reflect i'm differentiating i'm differentiating between eye shine and eye glow so eye glow colors can include orange, green, white, yellow, blue. Northwest New Jersey's Bigfoot is known as Old Red Eye because his eyes glow red. You will see the creature's eyes I, glowing. I would be curious if that's just due to the whole like Jersey Devil there. Because the Jersey Devil inhabits New Jersey and mm -hmm. it is always described as having... Uh, Ember red eyes. I don't know. Maybe there's just something wrong with New Jersey. Yeah, I, is, I wouldn't recommend. Is there a recommend. nuclear plant there or something <laughs> like that? But, <laughs> I wouldn't um, recommend. I wouldn't recommend. 
Not that I've ever been to New Jersey. I'm sorry. I'm portraying stereotypes. But the, all the cryptids I know that are in New Jersey have red, glowing, fiery eyes. There's so a lot of them. I just threw that one in there. Yeah. We have, I'm going to throw in some encounters here. Pennsylvania 1942, an investigator, Ken R., who works with Stan Gordon, is called to visit a man at, right after a sighting. He reports he had investigated the sound of large, heavy rocks hitting his home. These rocks are too heavy for him to lift himself. Once outside... And, and they were hitting his home? Yeah. That is significant damage if you can't lift yeah. himself. Wow. So these rocks are too heavy for him to lift himself. Once outside, another rock is thrown landing in front of his parked car, which draws his attention to look over there. And he looked up to witness, quote, the devil in a nearby field, a very tall, dark figure with green glowing eyes, and the family's dog refuses to leave its doghouse after that. That is, I do find that interesting mm-hmm. that there are like two distinct reactions for dogs when they see a Bigfoot. Yeah. I, I would be interested if there was really two different categories that we could talk about. And they are the paranormal and the terrestrial. But mm-hmm. if it is terrestrial, there are distinctly dogs who go run after Bigfoot and yeah. try to scare them off. Mm-hmm. And there are dogs that are terrified. Mm-hmm. And you might not even know the presence of of this being for a while until after that dog is terrified yeah but they in these cases where they are terrified it is amazing the description of you get from they are yeah the have you been talking to many dogs about this yeah (laughs) you got descriptions from them we'll do it in a different episode okay um there are some pretty terrifying sightings i can't imagine witnessing something like that alone or with there a dog who's like, nope, nope. Uh, animal lover, I left this out and now I'm putting it in here. There are sightings of dogs being hung and animals being ripped in half. We did already make it a dark episode, so that's fair. We did. Second one, 1972. Not second one, but on to the next one with Iglo. 1972, 15-year-old Bianca's walking to her grandmother's house in Huildad, Chile, when a six to seven foot creature climbed from a ditch along the road, covered in long black hair, glared at her with large shining eyes. Paralyzed, Bianca stared back and the eyes of the creature seemed to emit a fiery beam of light. She felt an electrical discharge. Bianca began running and the creature followed, making strange leaps and screeching sounds. Bianca lost the creature at a clearing near her grandmother's house. I put that one specifically in because I thought you would appreciate the electrical discharge yeah. from the eyes of the Bigfoot. That is bizarre. I know. These are really good. They give me the creeps. Paranormal things in South America, I love. Oh, yeah. They are, they are, they they're on a some different good ones. level. Yeah. And we will do this in the future. Brazilian UFO yeah. sightings are so different. Yes. I would love to do an episode. North they have some bizarre ones. And I I don't know if there's... They're getting different quality because of a stigma here where these things are so weird that, like I said, some of them are being thrown out. So I don't know if we just get a different quality. 
Yeah. That's acceptable, or I don't know what it is, well, but there are some really good South American And ones. I'm just going to briefly touch on this. It's, in my mind, there's one of two answers. These things are, in fact, regional, which means they aren't coming from outer space. You're not coming hundreds of light years to only visit Brazil and do very weird things in yeah. Brazil. Yeah, oh yeah. You're going to visit the If world. it's happening somewhere, it's happening yeah. somewhere else. Or it's your cultural interpretation of what you're seeing, mm -hmm. but I don't think that explains what's varying this so much yeah and I we're eventually agree. gonna get into this but yeah. that's just my short brief answer yeah. right there next one june 1975 tail and ben australia multiple witnesses saw a large hairy biped carrying an illuminated device along the roadside as well as a light in a nearby field was it an ipad <laughs> did he it have could, the oh the my 1975 he could have just been at way ahead of his time yeah the glowing continues into other aspects not just eye glow so sasquatch itself glowing sasquatch carrying a lantern type object which is i just kind of mentioned that one yeah sasquatch being around turning into or emitting balls of lighter fire or Bigfoot disappearing into a beam of light, appearing from a beam of light, which can be speculated as some sort of portal. That's kind of the glowing, glowing eyes, glowing things, Bigfoot glowing. I don't know what he would be carrying, but yeah, that's kind of the glowing. There are a lot of these stories, especially... Forest gets dark. Yeah, I mean... I'd want a flashlight in the middle of the forest. Yeah. Unless, of um, course, my eyes glowed, then I could just look where my eyes were But going. wouldn't that make you see less? You know how yeah. when you first turn off the lights and you can't see yeah. anything? And no, that's actually, it's, I always remember this. This was somebody who came and visited junior high at Dawdon, and I don't know if you were still there or not. He went on this, like, Canada cross canoe trip with some people. Okay. And he talked about when you build a fire, it's an indigenous thing to Canada, where when you build a fire, you don't actually look directly at the fire because it kills your night vision. Okay, I can see it just yeah. like you don't look well, at... And you, honestly, just like yeah. you don't look directly at the sun because it you kills your vision. You don't look directly at the sun. And on, when you're <laughs> together. doing astronomy or looking in the night sky yeah, for certain things, you're not supposed to look directly at it. Your best night vision is actually your peripherals. And I would have to look at this again, but I do believe the reason for that is because I always get them mixed up. Rods and cones in your eye. One of them is for color. One of them's for black and white. But one of them sees better at night. And more specifically, the closer you get to the middle of your eye, the better it is at seeing color. So the peripheral is mm. actually better at seeing at night. And that's why... Sorry, those are two separate things that we're talking about. The peripheral being good at that and just not looking directly at the fire but yeah <laughs> you get Anyhow, the idea yeah good talk everybody so that's the glowing next thing i'm going to move on to is unusual sounds and by unusual sounds the first one i mean is lack of sound because mind speak being telepathy other unusual sounds would be i'm just gonna stop with mind speak because then i go on to rock building and that's not a sound that is not a sound <laughs> I mean, it could be a sound if they're just standing there and you hear rock building. Cut to the rock building clip. Someone putting rocks. Was, was this the guy in the UFO and they made eye contact and oh he heard my rock God. building? <laughs> okay, so there's lots of accounts that um, 
will recollect mind speak of either there's lots of these ones come in this direction they were here in their minds someone saying come over here and they go over there for some reason oh god and then bigfoot's there that reminds me a lot of missing 411 cases yes doesn't it oh i just got goose pimples or come with us these mind speak ones remind me a lot of the missing 411s yeah there is Someone who I didn't put We've it in here. We've touched on Missing 411 before, right? I just... believe so. I believe it was a we'll come back to David yeah. Play this. And sorry, I do want to do this just in case anybody's yeah. listening to this one-off weird thing. Missing 411 is a book by, uh, several books now at this point, by David yeah. Politis. They're awesome. Who, he presupposes there is a group of people who go missing in national parks and they are just bizarre cases and he's cataloging them so that somebody might at some point explain what happened here yeah and they're very bizarre and they're a lot of them are different but some of them are people show up later on and they say like i was just told to walk this way so i did or they're walking last in line and they're just gone from we will do this in the future they're really good i didn't actually include this one but this guy felt compelled to leave his group to go off and meditate in the woods and he actually in his account he has a couple hours of missing time in his meditation he communicates with something that does say stay there i'm coming to you I didn't actually put it in because I wanted to stick to smaller encounters in that, in my thing, just so I could cover more. I mm-hmm. do want to do this really quickly. That reminds me so much of a case in the book Skinwalker Ranch, where somebody showed up at the ranch mm-hmm. saying, I wanted, I need to meditate here. Yeah. And some sort of cloaked-like being, like a predator, materializes yeah. and freaks him out. Yeah. And he never comes back. Yeah. So everybody think twice about meditating. At least in in forests. Yeah. That call you. Probably. If something says meditate here, don't meditate (laughs) there. But it does have, at least in this so far, it is 100% survival rate. So far that so we know far of. That we know of. I and mean, that's people all could have cases. gone that's up to the woods cases. by themselves yeah. and meditated and we never heard from them yeah. again. Who knows? Yeah, I'm just getting the creeps right now. A woman has an encounter in Oregon 1996 with a Bigfoot while camping. She smells a revolting odor and looks up to find a gigantic biped mere feet away from her tent. A tan-colored Bigfoot telepathically tells her he is a part of a peaceful race called the Melkoi, and they're on Earth to investigate human emotion and reproduction. God, that is awkward. Yeah. I don't know if he made eye contact or if he even was talking to her. Who knows? Maybe he was talking to the girl behind her. Another Bigfoot in Puerto Rico appears on Lover's Lane and telepathically tells a girl to jump off a cliff. She did and survived. She did survive. Would she normally have survived? I don't know. Okay. I just... Because, like, there, there are differences I in to, I wanted the follow-up that I come yeah. in peace with the jump off jump a cliff. Jump off a cliff. That's fair. Yeah. I, I would like to know the size of the cliff there. Yeah. Just because a five-foot cliff is very different than a 60 Yeah, I'm not sure on that And one. there are bluffs that go into water as well that you can jump off of that will be considered cliffs. True. I don't know. Maybe you want to do our sweet cannonball or something. True. Just to lighten the mood a little bit. But, like, I don't know that someone would telepathically be like, I don't do know. Do a cannonball. Do it. Okay. Touche. Someone would be. But this yeah. guy says, jump off the cliff. He didn't say do a sweet cannonball. Belly flop, actually. Maybe it doesn't translate well into English. 
True. Puerto Rico. Uh, another Bigfoot in Russia tells women that the ra- that the race used to live alongside humans until we became too violent and they retreated to another dimension and they are prohibited from interacting with humans. What's okay. he doing? <laughs> he, <laughs> we, maybe we got guns. That was it. No, I mean, he said we're prohibited from talking <laughs> to humans. The, it was tele- telepathy. Okay. So maybe that he just got around... Their rules. Um, and this is something I do want to do eventually, is talk about the liars that are out there. Because, and this is very present within alien interactions as well. Jacques Vallée has cataloged a lot of these. What do you mean liars? They clearly aren't telling you what Hoaxers? they actually mean. No, no, like actual aliens. Sorry, not actual aliens. Oh, entities. entities saying one thing that just can't be true. Like, entities coming down here and saying they're from Mars. At this point, we know there's no higher life form living on Mars. Yeah. So what, We're smarter why, than that Why are now. they saying that? Yeah. At one time, we and probably could have been like, oh, yeah. yeah. And at this point, we now just heard like, three stories of, we we love you. Yeah. Jump off a cliff. We're forbidden from talking yeah. from, with you. That Not, alone gives all me... All three of those cannot exist in the same That alone gives me the creeps. With them being yeah, true. it cannot. No. And, I mean, in MindSpeak alone, there's a lot to encompassing this whole thing. It's not a simple species waiting to be discovered. This is clearly more than that when you start looking at everything that comes with these type of sightings. There's more to it than that. And that brings up a very good point that... Well, and no, this is that whole thing of... It goes all the way back to elves in folklore. They were prolific liars. Oh, yeah. Prolific liars. Well, you even look at things such as... And this is a topic I don't often like to talk about at all. Demons are renowned liars. Yeah. Straight up, anything that they say, you cannot believe a a thing that they say. Yeah, and and we're probably going to get into that when we do an episode on Alistair Crowley. I okay. think that's the best time to talk about I don't that. think I ever want to do an episode yeah, on that's demons. that's fair. And it's, it's along the same lines of the djinn. As soon as you invite them into your world. Yeah. It's, and I'm not yeah. interested on in doing that or in turn doing that for any of our yeah, that's fair. amazing listeners. Next one. I got such a kick out of this. Such a kick out of this one. This is actually something that was new to me that I didn't realize. Like, I've heard of orbs. Mind speak I have heard of. Connie Willis has talked a lot about mind speak. She's a host yeah. of Coast to Coast AM, loves Bigfoot. Oh god, I can't stand it just because of that. Personally, I don't She's like all it about either. The Kentucky She's all Bigfoot. about she is. She talks a lot of people who are big on UFOs talk about mind speak. This one is mimicry. And I had not heard this, and it goes pretty far back and it's pretty funny because there are reports of Sasquatch mimicking other animals but not very well. It's not only vocally, it is physically mimicking as well. There is one woman, she spots a Sasquatch while she's sitting down eating a sandwich and he's literally making the motions of her eating the sandwich. (laughs) Far off in the bushes. And that reminds me so much. Uh, there are videos you can find online of gorillas. That is very ape-like. No, yes. and like kids jumping up and down. Yeah. 
and the gorilla right in front of them, yeah. jumping up and down, because that's how they communicate. They're yeah. like, look, I can do what you're doing. Yeah. The vocal ones are pretty funny, and they go from really funny to really creepy really quickly. And I'm reading this, and I'm laughing, but now the sun is down, and it's dark, and I'm actually just getting the heebie-jeebies just through all of this because yeah it's funny yeah it's weird but you actually think of having an encounter like this and I can't imagine being alone in the woods and anything no, like and this happening to me like, in my mind I when my they're pants. bad at this that's them practicing yeah they're renowned to be very bad at it they mimic birds owls wolves you name it human voices witnesses report it sounding too deep if you hear a bird and it's very bassy it is supposed to be a Bigfoot. And so it like, just sounds off. Coo. Coo. <laughs> yeah. So witnesses will say, and I do have some witnesses here. Witnesses reported, I'm going to start this again, as sounding too deep and sounding if, if there's a speech impediment. And that's, and a direct witness account says it sounds like an Amish deaf person. Um, what? Mm-hmm. Witnesses reported hearing a large, large bullfrog from the reeds, but when they approached, they saw a large hairy creature sitting there. A deer. A witness reports hearing a white-tailed deer bark from 15 feet up a tree shortly before being hit with infrasound causing a panic attack, and it theorized that it was used to catch prey and disable it. Infrasound. Um, there's varying reports of, and I just got into some, but I'm going to get in some more. Cougars, bullfrog, bird cries, robotic voices, helicopters, gongs, running water, babies cries, which goes along with a lot of paranormal activity, yep. babies cries, car doors slamming. Um, nothing is off limits for these guys. Witnesses will consistently tell of the power behind this mimicry and it just being off, sounding much like a large human, then turning from an animal sound to something else, such as barking or whooping. Bigfoot's uh, renowned for whooping. Yeah. Um, and they'll complain of eardrum pain and feeling the sound waves through their bodies. And one man was camping at a walk-in campsite, and it had no vehicle access to it at all. And he reportedly heard a car door slam right outside his tent and went on to further uh, have further encounters with rocks being thrown at him. And he heard whooping noises. Um, this guy was stalked for a long time by a Bigfoot until he actually left the woods. There's a lot of but encounters. But that is also very notorious. Of, of, mm -hmm. If you come across them yeah. and they don't like you, yeah. they will follow you until you Yes, they, they will. And they they will watch you until you and are out of their territory. Just so we are all clear, everybody who reports this survives without injury. Problem is, is the people who don't survive, we would yeah. never hear from, and they would also never be reported. Exactly. As so I mean, but, we we live in. Uh, you even live in Vancouver, especially. You can get lost in the woods uh, fairly fast. It's just another thing. It's just, I feel it necessary to put in just common safety when you're going out anywhere. Always tell someone when you're going, when you're going to be back. Uh, when David Politis talks about people going missing in the woods, uh, missing 411, nobody goes missing with a locator beacon. Um, just to throw he, out some. He always says locator beacon and gun. 
But he's never actually talked about a case where somebody goes missing with a locator beacon. There so I think are you're fine with cases of people going missing with a locator beacon weapons. Weapons, yes, yes. but no locator beacon. That's no locator thing. beacon. Just be safe. Don't now, don't go meditating in the woods by yourself. What region are these sounds being heard? Are they just everywhere? These are everywhere. Because I just want to make sure, and this is one thing. This is a bird making the sound that comes from southern australia yeah that sounds like a bird this is a bird but he's gonna make a few different sounds oh i was like he's talking yeah <laughs> so this is called lyrebird and it can mimic anything car alarm yeah It is not only Bigfoots in the wild that will try to mimic other things, but this bird that is very good at this is only native to Southern Australia. I find that very sad that that's something that's been exposed to. And most importantly, though, that is a very good representation of other So the thing that's setting this apart is that... The Bigfoot is, I mean, these sounds are coming from things that are three, four hundred pounds and are just three, sounding off. Three, four hundred yeah. kilograms. So, sorry, um, five hundred to seven hundred. I yeah. didn't put the actual, I, I've been trying to put in actually where these sightings are coming from. I didn't specifically put them on the noises it doesn't look like, but none of the encounters I had were coming from Australia. Okay. Aside from the ones that I put up there, all the sounds are coming from within North America. There are, especially with the electrical sounds, some people speculate that they would have to have more than one set of vocal cords to be making sounds like this. Yeah. Electrical sounds. But I get a kick out of the fact that just there something seems very off when you're hearing these sounds. And the pure volume and power behind these well, calls. If it was part of your natural protection, you would be good at it. Mm-hmm. it like seems... it's almost like they're drawing attention to themselves yes. by being intentionally bad yes. at it. Which is the creepy part of yeah. it. Yeah. At like, why would you make a car door slamming? It's almost like, and you see this in abduction things. It's just those things that are just off. It's just something that is. It's easily... They're not yeah. understanding something. They're like It's not necessarily that they aren't understanding it. It's that either that they're not understanding or they want to draw your attention to that it's not the same. Yeah. First Nations report their specialty is bird cries. So First Nations, obviously, they're renowned for, for mimicry. Um, one woman is awoken at 2 a.m. by the sound of a front yard full of birds when she looks out the window there's no birds present she also had a lengthy history of bigfoot encounters including house knocking which i'd never oh heard God, before be missing farm animals growls roars and full-bodied bigfoot sightings but which is again fairly common such as abductions that they do run in families and mm-hmm. that people are stalked for lifetimes by Bigfoot. And honestly, when you're getting to that point too with um, indigenous sightings, you mm-hmm. do have to consider that it might be uh, 
more going into skinwalker territory. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or, though, or Wendigo as well. There are many different things. They do differentiate but between yeah. the two. However, they're separate entities. Sasquatch, Bigfoot. From Skinwalker. From Skinwalker. Skinwalker is man, more yeah. or less. Yeah. And Wendigos as well. But, Others uh, are owls. We get into the infamous owl. Owls give me the creeps, not just because they're birds, but because they are, they are so... associated with a lot of so tightly associated with the paranormal. They're often associated with screen memories and abductions. Screen memories being somebody will remember an owl when trying to remember what happened to them. They only remember an owl. Whereas something more had happened, such as a paranormal encounter. Anyhow, First Nations report to pay close attention to owl noises. Paying close attention to the base when they hear owl calls, and they will stop everything to listen to owls in the woods. So reports of sounds of either humans mimicking owl sounds or 800-pound owls. There's an encounter about... I would love if there was an 800-pound cryptid owl out there. No. That is... That would be my worst fear. Yeah. Um, Another encounter of a couple searching for a missing cat, inundated with the sound of multiple owl hoots and intense volume... Which turn oh, this is a creepy one. Which turn into jungle-like noises and escalated into insane laughter coming from further into the forest, to which it abruptly stopped and a tree loudly broke in the distance. And the couple quickly left, which was a good choice. And while speeding away, they spot a large Bigfoot-type creature in the woods. Jesus. Yeah. Like, some of these, like, you get into it, you're like, yeah, this is fun. But then you're like, this is I not like this fun. Anymore. I don't <laughs> like this. Um, I want the love Bigfoot. Can we go back to that one? There's also more normal reports of language being used between Bigfoots. One man described chatter that he happened upon two Bigfoots as Japanese being played backwards. This has been dubbed samurai chatter due to its speed and guttural quality. Others describe the language as sounding similar to indigenous Native American, Chinese, or Russian. One man described two Bigfoots talking he had stumbled upon as almost Hebrew or Oriental sounding, but sped up like Donald Duck sounds. And then there's some individuals who report having uh, lifelong encounters. Just on the mimicry, I find all of that interesting. At first, I thought it was funny when it was, like, sounding so off like a deaf Amish person trying to make sounds. Because you just know there's something off about something that's happening. Yeah. Which is funny at first. You're like, oh, good for it. But then if you're in the woods and you hear an animal call that just sounds off, I would be like, time to leave. Yeah. As I kind of mentioned back with the woman who had the flock of birds on her lawn. There's some individuals who report having lifelong encounters with Bigfoot-type creatures who even report spiritual and past-life encounters with creatures. And we see this in things with First Nation uh, legends, as well as these are not physical creatures. We see this with abductees as well, in that it will often be lifelong afflictions, in quotations, for lack of a better term, or even run in bloodlines and families. Often, if you've had an abduction experience, someone in your family has as well. Missing time. There's also been accounts of individuals going into the woods after something strange to go see what happened, only to have been gone for hours when they think they're only and a few minutes have passed. That is fully part of the missing 401 as well. Yeah. 
where people are gone for days and they're like, I didn't even know I was missing. Yeah. Yeah. They had thought only a few minutes had gone by. We also see orbs, green flashes, blue glowing lights issuing from gunshot wounds. So we see this with other cryptids as well, paranormal cryptids especially. We see this on Skinwalker Ranch almost immediately with one of the first sightings they have on Skinwalker with the uh, giant wolf. Where he will either be unharmed, unafflicted, unfazed is the word, by gunshots. Or this one encounter had blue glowing light coming from a gunshot wound. Bigfoot has also been known to appear and vanish in the thin air and tracks abruptly stop as if he had disappeared. Even reports of Bigfoot gliding or hovering. So there is a sighting from a couple years ago from Coombs, BC, where he reports this exact thing of tracks in the snow abruptly ending. Which, to be fair, most of the time you only see one or two tracks at once. And he could climb trees for yeah. too. Pennsylvania, uh, you're going to like this one. Pennsylvania, 1975. Here we go. Here's the spot it happened. 1975, Pennsylvania. A group spotted a floating Bigfoot that disappeared into a strange mist. Strange mists are their own yeah. thing, there is, God. There is sightings where they there has been bigfoot researchers who have said it's a foggy night we're gonna see bigfoot sightings tonight i don't know what it is about the fog and the paranormal it's an entire other phenomenon we would talk about likely at some point um it's almost electrical fogs where people lose a ton of either in a sailboat or somewhere sorry in a boat or out on the lake or something like that where they just are out there Fog comes across them, and now suddenly it's three hours later. Mm-hmm. So we're winding down here. I have a few more things to talk about. Shape-shifting. Couldn't not get away without not mentioning yeah. shape-shifting. Washington, 1975. Large prints discovered, which over the course of 200 feet slowly morphed into human boots ending at a house. Wow. Yeah. I would hope of all places it wouldn't be my house. You're not in Washington. Because I would have to burn that house down and never go and do it again. I would not blame them at all. I would also. If that was the end of the investigation. (laughs) But I really want to know if they ever checked in on that house. I would also be heavily suspicious of Gerard if that happened in my house. Yeah. Heavily. Tons of accounts of Bigfoot shape-shifting into tree stumps, logs, or rocks either once approached or appearing out of nowhere, appearing to watch witnesses There are accounts of little girls playing in the woods, noticing a tree stump suddenly appear, but they could see eyes on the tree stump watching them. There's just something that's so... There's accounts of them floating and gliding without walking. There is an account of one just going right through a prickly thorn bush that they wouldn't have been able to navigate, and then all of a sudden they're on the other side of it. There are ones of them clearing 10-foot fences. Yeah. And there's just something so... You look at the mimicry and how large these creatures are. And there's just something so... Oafish. Oafish, yeah. But then there's things of them just being there. And then... And you didn't hear You didn't hear a thing. But then you, like, look at a log and it's like, that log has eyes and it's watching me. And there's just something kind of cartoonish hilarious about that. And at the same time, it gives you the complete heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Because this thing is somewhere around 700 pounds. Yeah. It could end you so easily. And apparently it is quite common for you to be stalked without knowing it in a forest by a lot of them and, quickly. No, and really, 
just feeling it. That's yeah. That's the only thing you Feeling have, eyes on it. Yeah. Or having rocks thrown at you, pelted yeah. at you. Or um, knocks and whistles. Those are the yeah. ones that they talk about a lot. Yes. Yeah. And those are ones that you will typically see with the, the natural. natural. Yeah. Natural. But there's a lot more to it. Last thing I'm going to kind of touch on the paranormal is trees, which kind of goes with the shape shifting because they don't seem to shape into much else other than logs, rocks. They do build rock structures. They do make things out of trees, which I do have an honorable mention in here for that. I didn't really touch on the structures they make because I'm focusing on paranormal. That's not really paranormal. No, and you'll that find they're that rock the building. terrestrial ones as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I didn't really touch on that. There's many folklore tales of Bigfoots among other creatures, many other creatures living in trees. This wood knocking, which Bigfoot is known for, that I'm specifically going for on the paranormal, has been known and spotting as wood knocking emanating from inside trees. Trees. So you would be near a tree and you'd hear knocking from within the tree. From within the tree, yeah. And another thing that comes with them is upside down trees in which trees are uprooted and downward impaled into the earth. And this is more seen in the West, Canada, and Alaska. Uh, witnesses have described 9 to 12 foot tall trees with no bark, stripped of all the bark, perfectly straight up and down, and no machine marks. I, I specifically say that because someone had theorized that it could have been something dropped off a helicopter for logging, whereas they, they said wouldn't it wouldn't fall way. straight down. No, because yep. the roots are the heaviest part, yep. if they're still intact. Yep. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I am at a loss for questions for you, <laughs> because I was not expecting any of this. These are awesome, right? Yeah. Okay, so I have a few honorable mentions, and then I, I'm done with my stuff. 1976, San Juan, Puerto Rico. A woman hears her dogs barking in her backyard, and she looked out to see a large ape-like creature sitting on top of a palm tree. The creature glared back at the witness with eyes that seemed to emit fire. The creature then began to shrink into a spherical shape and started glowing. Finally, it took off in the form of a glowing sphere about the size of a basketball and floated away into the sky. And then, I'm closing with Lugar Panamoa, Spain. 1985, <laughs> I hope I did it okay, experienced a wave of animal mutilations. In September, multiple witnesses awoke to dogs barking, watched multiple six-foot-tall balls of light silently drifting around their property, and small ape-like creatures walked next to the spheres. Shots were fired, and they were not hostile. I'm glad we actually had one where they determined from shooting at them. No hostility was taken. That was my assumption. Yeah. That was my note. It wasn't okay. actually in the okay. sighting. And that's all I have. But there was, I like I said at the beginning of this, there are two volumes of this book. I some of, A lot of this I found, it was very hard for me to track down. If you're looking for a good read on stuff that I just went over, the two books I mentioned at the top... We'll put it in the description. Yeah, well, we'll put so where the aware. footprints end. There are two volumes of it, and it is, they're good long reads full of encounters like this. I downloaded one. I'm going after the other one because I found it quite enjoyable. These are the sightings I love. 
I can't get enough of these. We're going to be bringing more to you of these on different subjects because the weird and the wonderful is where it's at when it comes yeah. to the well, paranormal. I, I think we have at least a few hypotheses we want to go into mm -hmm. and just say that either other people have said this or it's a question we want to go into. Like we've been talking about, this is not just a Bigfoot is weird kind of thing. Mm -hmm. This is... Everything has this weird part of the category nobody wants to talk about. And it seems yeah. like there is mm -hmm. a really weird link that, unfortunately, we have to assume that all these stories are true. At least some of them are true. Uh, there's so many, even within each subcategory yeah. that I just talked about. And you know what? This is more than, you know, you hear things here and there, and these weird things are so hard to come by. And once you start looking at them... There's so many of them out there. Yeah. And they are just put aside from anybody who considers themselves to be Bigfoot researcher, especially if they're looking at the cryptozoology aspect of it, that it's a natural being. They're not even looking at things like this. But there's a whole other part of reality to this world that we live in. And it's such a big key to not only finding out the universe that we're living in yeah. and i think that's where you need to be looking you can't just cast aside such a big part of what's happening in these sightings yeah and we're gonna get more into that in the future mm -hmm. and wow i i really <laughs> hope those people that are saying i i have a good voice for sleep podcasts did not <laughs> listen to this one <laughs> Because you are not sleeping now, and I do apologize for that. But if you have any of these that have happened to yourself, please share with us. We are not going to judge. We just want this information. If you want to rename anonymous, by all means. If you don't want us to share, by all means. If you just want to send us yeah. an email about what happened. Yeah, we would love it. We do not judge. these. The, we live for these type of things. That's so, this episode. That was a good episode. I had fun talking crazy, about those. Eh? Oh yeah. <laughs> Let us know what what episode did you enjoy more? This paranormal Bigfoot, weird Bigfoot, breastfeeding Bigfoot, eye glow we Bigfoot. Really, wow, Bigfoot really evolved throughout this episode. He did, and he's very as an actor complex. He's complex. Is he just Daniel Day Lewis? <laughs> Practicing for a part. <laughs> Stay tuned for next episode where we talk about Daniel Day-Lewis living in the woods. Yeah. yeah. Thank you all for listening. I hope by all means you did not decide to fall asleep to this episode. Yeah. But if you did, please <laughs> have a lovely evening. Coo. Coo.